Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. This is our Southridge member podcast that helps people get the inside scoops on life around our church. And I'm joined today uh, by someone who's been around our church for a long time, but is celebrating their first day on the job. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Jesse Clausen. Say hi to everyone, Jess. Hey, everybody. Um, I don't know how many people across our locations know you. You've hung out for some time at our St. Catherine's location, although you've been involved in in various different ministries. So Mm -hmm. uh, let's just start by giving us a bit of background on yourself and your family dynamic and things like that. Yeah. um, So I I grew up in St. Catherine's, uh, started going to Scott Street Church as a little kid. uh, And then we moved to Orchard Park Church in Niagara-on-the-Lake. Uh, and I did, I grew up most of my elementary years there. Um, and then in high school, I, uh, my brother actually was the first one to transition over to Southridge from our current church. Uh, there's a bit of um, transitional stuff going on at Orchard Park at the time. And we had some friends that were starting to go to Southridge. So we figured we'd check it out. And uh and yeah, so we stuck around and my parents ended up coming over because uh, they wanted us to kind of be together as a family. And uh, so they ended up joining us as well. Um, and yeah, like uh, I met, uh, well, Jess, my wife, Justine, most people around Southridge kind of still know her as Jessie. Um, so we're Jesse and Jesse, which is kind of too confusing. So that's its, that's its own story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, we went to Eden together uh, and both went to Southridge. Uh, we didn't really start dating until after high school, but uh, we did get married in, we got married uh, in, on September 1st, 2012. And uh, Rick Zwiers actually married us as well. So uh, all of our kind of milestone moments in our marriage have, have kind of been through Southridge as well. Um, and... I went to school uh, and got, I started actually in engineering, um, in automotive engineering, but uh, ended up getting a degree in uh, pastoral youth kind of ministry stuff as well as church business stuff. Uh, And uh, so I worked a little bit in that realm. uh, And then uh, we moved in 2015, Jess and I moved to uh, Camp Arnest in in Manitoba. Uh, where I uh, took on the role of outdoor education and rentals director and just uh, took care of a lot of the camp apparel and tuck shop stuff. And in 2018, we moved back and it kind of felt like we just picked up where we left off at Southridge um, with Jess volunteering in MS and uh, me playing drums again and helping out with youth. So and we also now have uh, three kids. Uh, Chase is six years old and Archer is three. And Ren will be one in October. Fantastic. And you're, you, you know, you're mentioning Justine, I'll call her, not to confuse Jesse with Jesse. Yeah. But uh, she's been a monster player uh, around Southridge over the years as well. I remember mm. back, you know, getting Rick to officiate your wedding was probably more the product of, of, her being a huge player in kids ministry back then. So mm-hmm. she's a, uh, she's a force as a member in her own right. Yes. And uh, like you said, you've been involved in student ministry and worship band and, and so much stuff. So 
I mean, just, you know, based on all your experience around the church, what, what are you, what are you liking most about our church these days? These days, uh, I am liking the relaxed schedule, I guess, of everything being online. We have a busy life, but uh, it's nice to be able to get involved in things uh, when we have time for it for a little bit. But also, uh, I'm still involved quite a bit in the youth side of things, which has kind of kept going through all the COVID stuff. And uh, we're just starting to be able to hang out in smaller groups again, which is awesome. Uh, And yeah, so definitely loving the things that we're involved in. Still. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's close to your heart for sure. Mm-hmm. Hey, I want to talk about this job of yours. Uh, for the past couple months, you've been on uh, a journey through our hiring process. So mm-hmm. first of all, let's talk about the, just the hiring process. We've, we've mentioned this from time to time in our podcast, but it's uh, when I talk with people, they're often fascinated to, to discover how this works. Uh, so walk us through for you, how the hiring process worked for this facility director role that you were that you were looking into. Right. Uh, so logistically speaking, there's three stages to the process. Uh, the first stage is kind of a uh, just assuring that I'm a good fit for the day to day kind of tasks and the actual physical work that I'd be doing. Uh, so that's the first stage. And the second stage would involve more of completing a strengths assessment and taking a close look at what my strengths are and how they fit into this position. Um, and, and also um, how I fit in or whether I mold, fit in well with the mold of Southridge, um, which uh, obviously kind of came naturally as we've been going there for a long time. So that was awesome. And the third stage is more of uh, getting to know the smaller team uh, that I will be working with more closely, I guess, within the larger staff team at Southridge. Uh, And yeah, just ensuring that I'd be a good fit to go along with them, uh, which you actually had joined in on. And uh, I appreciate the involvement that uh, you had in that stage, just sharing a lot of the perspective on what the job actually entailed and what things uh, and things that I uh, could start to think about already at that process. Yeah, it's an interesting journey because we, we call it a, a, a journey of mutual fit determining, mm-hmm. right? Mutual mm-hmm. fit determining that it's not like the church is interviewing you. You're kind of interviewing the role and the church and the players and whatever, right. just as much as we are trying to get to that, uh, we talk about in, in uh, Acts 15, in the early church, where it says it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us collectively. That's really the the place where we're looking to land. And as you've described, you know, we, we do one stage that focuses on the competencies that you bring and the competencies that the the particular role requires. And then we have a, a, a separate conversation around just everybody's fit, uh, most specifically culturally. Right. And then we talk about the relationship with the team, sort of what we describe as chemistry, and uh, just see how people feel about, you know, working together uh, in, a, in a more up close and personal way. And so, you know, you get kind of through those different stages. And at any one stage, someone could pull the chute and, and uh, walk away from it. But it kind of kept going and kept going and kept going. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, through, through this whole thing, what would you say that you discovered about yourself 
through the through the process? Yeah, I, de- I definitely discovered a few things. Um, one of one of the main things, I guess, uh, for sure, is that I am definitely a people person. <laughs> I I kind of always knew that I loved hanging out with people and and hearing their stories and doing life with people, but I never actually thought of myself as someone who is geared towards people, if that makes sense. So that's definitely something I I uh, found out to be a real passion of mine is that I'm definitely a people person. And kind of alongside that uh, is the fact that I am someone who is driven by achievement. And uh, really, to me, the combination of achieving things, but doing so with other people and not just on my own is something that definitely resonated in the process for me. And, and learning those things about yourself, uh, in what ways did you sense on your side that this was a good fit or even God's calling for you and, and for your family uh, for this particular time in this role? Yeah, um, I think there, again, there were a few things that I felt were good fits logistically, uh, but two bigger ones uh, would have been that I uh, I guess logistically speaking is that I kind of grew up working in construction uh, in various capacities. Uh, And so to this point, I have a lot of experience in that kind of thing. Uh, And, and alongside the fact that I am already completely on board with the vision of uh, what we're trying to do at Southridge and those kinds of things. But uh, when I thought of the idea of calling uh, of this job being a calling, um, like God's calling to this job kind of thing. Initially, I kind of felt like it would be a great fit, and that's kind of why I had applied. But as things kind of progressed, I really felt that God was speaking for sure through other people around me uh, and using them to kind of instill in me that He was kind of setting me up for this position and and what definitely wanted me to go down this road so uh, the people around me for sure uh was kind of how the god's calling kind of came into it for me and that's that's not surprising just because we we tell people a lot when you're trying to discern god's direction for your life you know he speaks so powerfully through other close voices in our lives. And it was Mm. great to see you lean into that in your friendship circle and some key ministry people in in your life. Mm. Um, Obviously a big piece of the discernment process was gaining clarity on the role itself. And, you know, some people might be listening and wondering what, what does the role of facility director at Southridge even require? So walk us through some of what you understand this role actually includes these days. Yeah, there's a few main areas that are included in this role. Obviously, uh, there's the cleaning side of things, which along with COVID being a part of our day-to-day now, this aspect is going to definitely be front and center for the first few months at least. Uh, There's also the maintenance side of all three locations, including renovations and improvements. And of course, any sort of emergency type of building situation, whether things need to be fixed or that sort of thing. But there's also um, 
the grounds around the buildings to be conscious of, the environmental designs around each location, even the bookings and rentals of different rooms uh, and budgeting all of this as well. And within all of this is the aspect of working with people who are able to come and lend a hand uh, with all of the various projects that are happening at any given time, which is something that I really look forward to for sure. It, it is quite expansive, isn't it? And uh, did you talk much about how the role worked across all three of our facilities? You know, all of us, when we think about Southridge Church's buildings, often we'll think of the building that, you know, represents the location that we're most part of. But, right. you know, this this job lives in the reality of, you know, three driveways to remove snow, three right. sets of lawns to cut, three buildings to keep clean, three roofs to make sure don't leak. Uh, you talk about that dynamic a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, there will be similarities in things that need to be done across all three locations, of course, like the lawn or shoveling the driveways, but there's also definitely many individual needs for each location. And along with that, there are the same larger, but different smaller bodies of people who have different abilities or needs, uh, even when it comes to the anchor causes of each location, um, which can have a significant impact on what is most important in that building, uh, what kind of things they need in each building to make sure those anchor causes are running well. And uh, yeah, so it they all kind of go together, but they also have their own, uh, definitely have their own separate needs as well. Yeah, they are quite customized for sure. Hey, you mentioned working with people, and I want to get into that in, in just a moment. But obviously, this role, first things first, requires a partnership with Dana Williams, who's mm -hmm. been uh, involved in our facility work for some time now, worked for years with Craig Taylor, who right. uh, retired back in the spring. Mm -hmm. um, talk about what you've learned about Dana and, and partnering with Dana in all this. Yeah, so uh, Dana's been a great voice uh, for me throughout the process, just kind of helping me keep my bearings on what exactly we're talking about and clarifying things for me. Uh, he is currently in the role of facility support, which is great for me because he has a great sense of really being able to take things as they come and has experience with the ins and outs of uh, what has worked and maybe what things that haven't worked so great in the past. Uh, and he also brings a great attitude and uh, loving personality that um, to each thing that he does. And I'm super excited to be working with him. Yeah, he's he's pretty top shelf guy for sure. Yeah. Um, as you think about this, what is exciting you most about the role since you agreed to take it? And what are you most nervous about? What, what are you going to find the most challenging, do you think? Uh, I think for what I'm most excited about, um, having volunteered in a few ministry areas and knowing people involved in other areas I think that I'm really most excited what I'm really most excited about is being able to support the awesome different ministry areas of Southridge on an ongoing basis um, just helping to bring Southridge forward in whatever aspects I can um, just doing my part and making sure that those ministries are supported fully and getting what they need to in order to do those kinds of things. Um, and as for something that I 
expect to be a little bit more challenging. I think uh, the obvious one would be that, um, well, the boat that we're all kind of going to be in is with a few others uh, operating just in the new normal of what COVID will look like uh, when we kind of come back and the different protocols that will be in place and uh, just kind of working around all of those new uncharted kind of things uh, I think is going to be challenging, but I'm definitely looking forward to uh, working through that and getting us all back together. That 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 is a weird aspect, isn't it? So mm-hmm. yeah, wild. Um, hey, we're here talking on your very first day on the job. What would you say that you're trying to get a sense for right now? You show up, there's these three buildings, all kinds of stuff going on, global pandemic. What What's sort of your first things first? Yeah, uh, I think right now I'm just trying to get a sense of where all the ministry areas are at, um, what their needs are, and even what their ho- what their hopes are for this coming season as a whole. Um, I think also I'm just trying to get a sense of what the most pressing repairs or renovation needs are right now, and uh, just trying to get things running as efficiently as possible so I can focus more on uh, focus more into the future as much as I can, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you aware of, you know, besides just the ongoing maintenance, which is maybe a little more obvious, what some of the high level areas are for facility improvement these days? Yeah, I think um, like one of the things that most sticks out to me is the fact that even though we're not physically gathering on Sundays, our buildings are still in many ways integral parts of our anchor causes. And so whether it's the shelter in St. Catharines or working with migrant workers in Vineland or with the Harvest Kitchen or Southridge Kitchen, I'm not sure which one it is right now, Uh, but uh, those areas are still in need of immediate things for sure. Uh, And I've already been told already of a couple of specific projects that we're hoping to have underway, uh, but I really need to get a good sense of everything internally before trying to figure out what other areas are most in need of other than those. Hmm. So you come here, first day on the job. Um, When you think of our facilities working well, and like you said, they're supporting ministry effectively, what does that mean Hmm. to you? What does that look like? Yeah, to to me, I guess this means that, I mean, our ministries don't have to worry week to week whether the facilities are, whether the facilities at their disposal have the ability to do what they need them to do. Um, and in that same light that the buildings are entirely accessible and welcoming in any way possible for anyone uh, who might be wanting to come to Southridge or checking Southridge out. Um, so, yeah, just making sure that we're never in a situation where we want to maybe try something new or do something and uh, the facility itself isn't ready for it. So, uh, it, it is kind of a thankless job. We talked about this in the interview because <laughs> it's, it's like in the department that you work in in ministry services, it's one of those roles where, you know, you're only noticed when it's not going well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, what does it? What does it mean for our facilities to work well? I remember my mother-in-law once said to me that the greatest compliment is to be assumed. 
Yeah. And uh, that the the the, the role kind of it kind of leads in that direction, right? If the if yeah. the buildings and the safety and the accessibility and the you know cleanliness and availability of space and whatever, if it just purrs like a kitten, great. Yeah. But then you're kind of not noticed because, yeah. <laughs> you know, everything's kind of working, working along just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned COVID. Talk to me just a little bit about that. Like from from what you understand, what are what are some of the unique challenges that we're facing from a facility perspective as we navigate COVID? Yeah, um, I mean, there's definitely a few uh, when you think of maybe main gatherings on a Sunday morning, uh, hopefully looking towards the future, possibly getting back together in person. And um, I mean, on a Sunday morning, there are immediately a number of things that could come to mind, like how we sit in a service where we are typically one or two feet away from one another um, and just trying to logistically maybe modify the building in order to accommodate more spacing, that kind of thing. And, or maybe how we, keep bathrooms available on a consistent basis throughout the morning uh, and, and in a cleanly up to, up to standard kind of way. Um, And then even looking into other areas like playing worship or, or kids ministry stuff, like how to create safe and clean areas who for kids who would not necessarily have the capacity to stay in one designated area, uh, which might make it a lot easier, but, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of logistical challenges from a facility standpoint, for sure. And uh, all of these things are something that I look forward to working through. And I really look forward to seeing people back in, in the facilities uh, once we know that we're doing it in a manner that's safe for everybody. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I've noticed in the buildings that I've been in is the the signage and even the flooring you know, the arrows and the traffic patterns and all that. I mean, you start to th- to think about how all that needs to work in such large groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's definitely some some challenges there. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the people side of this, which I know is close to your heart, mm-hmm. going to school for pastoral studies and things like that, being so involved in a, a bunch of different ministries around here. Um, obviously, caring for our facilities is not just a one or in this case, a two person job. Mm-hmm. So describe for us some of the ways that people could be involved on a volunteer basis and work with people like you and Dana. Well, there's, there's many ways, that's for sure. Uh, there's, there's a very large variety of ways that people can be involved uh, within the facility realm, uh, whether it's helping with cleaning or shoveling, raking, painting, even cutting lawn. There's a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of basic kind of things that we can always use help with. And even if uh, someone's a little bit unsure about those things, as long as you're willing to step a little bit out of your comfort zone, um, you'll definitely, you would definitely have the support you would need to play an awesome role in the church community through facility stuff. And furthermore to that, another huge need would be of resource. So um, if, if you or someone, you know, even might be able to donate materials or tools, or even thinking a little bit more outside the box, things that could be used to attain materials, um, there, there's always, uh, that's always something that we would welcome and, um, can use for sure. 
Yeah, I, I want to pause into this and, and for people listening uh, to, to just appreciate that this is a whole kind of uncharted water of available gifts and passions that people can deploy in our ministry. You know, often when you think about using your gifts, you know, well, can I teach something? Can I sing? You know, can I lead a small group? Do I like kids? Listen, you're describing all kinds of gifts and passions that that people can use to support facilities that that in turn support ministry. So, right. you know, talk, talk about some of those in a, in a practical way. I think about uh, my dad as an example here in St. Catharines has taken on the responsibility of the gardens. Right. And that's a huge job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's the watering and the planting and things like that as well. We've got a, a community garden here behind the building mm-hmm. uh, that, the, that the shelter uses. And uh, just that can be a huge project, especially for those with available time. You might be retired or you work part time and you're looking to contribute. Talk about some of those gifts, gifts and passions or talk about some of the time commitment that people could invest in some of these roles. Yeah, I think, uh, well, I think typically when people think of facilities, they would assume that helping out with this kind of stuff, you might need to be somewhat of a handy person or, um, which if you are, that's awesome. I would love to talk to you. <laughs> but also, um, if, if you don't really see yourself uh, being able to fix a leaky sink or frame a wall or something like that. Um, you can trust me when I say that there's a lot of different areas within facilities that you can still help even, as long as you're willing to kind of come on down and, and put your maybe elbow, a little, put a little elbow grease into it. Um, but definitely don't feel like you need to uh, need to have a certain set of skills to be helping with facilities. Um, and with regards to time commitment, uh, time commitment kind of stuff, honestly, I mean, if you have a couple of hours, uh, one week where you can come help out, uh, or even if you have a lot of time on your hands, either way, whatever, uh, time commitment you can kind of commit to it, uh, would be awesome. Uh, there's little jobs and then there's ongoing jobs. So anything that you kind of have available would be awesome. And I mean, if you're retired and have some time on your hands, or even if uh, if you're in high school or something and find yourself with some time on your hands because of doing online classes more, um, you can definitely uh, reach out to me. And as long as you're willing to commit to something, uh, you can definitely come on out and give us give us a hand and it'd be awesome to have you. And that and that's an important point is that there can be big projects mm-hmm. and big opportunities to own things for yourself uh, in, in all of our various locations, or there can be kind of little bit contributions. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to all of a sudden commit 20 hours a week for the next five years to a project. But if you've got available time and you really want to, you know, grab hold of stuff, if you, you know, whether it's renovations or uh, different maintenance projects or just little things, uh, the sky's the limit as far as the way that people can get involved and pitch in. And when you talked about being supported, can you just give us some, excuse me, can you just give us some practical description of what that looks like? What does it like if a person emails you, then sort of what happens? Yeah, well, uh, kind of like what I said before, even if you don't feel like you're a handy person, that's totally fine. I would 
never expect anything of you that you're not comfortable doing or um, anything like that. So I would also want people to know that I'm not looking to simply get stuff out of you or get you roped into a heavy commitment or anything like that. Um, one of the biggest things that I look forward to with um, with uh, searching out volunteers is just getting to know you and um, being able to spend this time getting our facilities in great shape, but also getting to know more people around the community. And, and uh, yeah, so that's a huge thing for me too. Yeah. So I hope for people who are listening, if, if you're wondering about places, especially in this new ministry season to get involved and, you know, maybe you're in a situation where because of COVID, the, the ministry area that you served in before isn't operating right now. Maybe you served mm-hmm. in first impressions or something. And as so long as we're not gathering, it's, it's not functioning and you're looking to contribute, this is a great way to plug in and not just perform some tasks and achieve some results, but actually to, to be around some people and you know, be around the buildings and, and be engaged in that way. That can be really fun and uh, a, a great way to give back. So yeah. appreciate you sharing that. Mm-hmm. And especially for like, even like I already said, doesn't, you don't have to be, um, you don't have to be an adult in your in your prime of working or something and have time on your hands for for sure there's stuff that students can do too so this is a call out to all you youth out there if you uh have some time on your hands get involved fantastic hey uh as we wrap up jesse any final encouragements or challenges to our members when it comes to uh anything facility related specifically or just in general just making the most out of this new ministry season that we find ourselves in yeah, I mean, uh, I was definitely encouraged a few weeks ago when uh, when I was reading your letter on giving on the giving update to this point for for the year, and I just wanted to, I guess, thank the community for the amazing giving that's been happening. Uh, definitely makes things a little bit easier around here, uh, and I also wanted to challenge the members to keep keep all of this facility stuff in mind. Um, all of the changes that our facilities are going to go through in the coming months uh, with regard to all the COVID stuff and getting back to uh, in kind of in building services and stuff. Um, There's a lot of stuff that uh, a lot of resources we're going to need to be able to complete all of these things. And I would also like to encourage everyone to pray for our leadership team uh, and for all of us who are involved in figuring out how to properly and safely return into these building, into the buildings for services in the coming season. And if you, uh, and if you ever see me and have a question for me or just want to get to know me a bit more, please don't hesitate to ask. I love getting to know you guys. Fantastic. Really appreciate you sharing with us today, Jesse. Best of luck uh, in your first day on the job and in this new ministry season. It's exciting to have you around. So thanks for joining us today. Yeah, of course. It was great to be on. And uh, thanks to the rest of you for joining in. Uh, We're excited for the ministry season that we're in and hope that you'll keep tracking with us uh, through this format as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everybody.